Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. No one saw coming. Seahawks falling at home to the Redskins. 17-14. Four-game win streak snapped. Fall to 5-3 on the year. A full game now back of the scorching L.A. Rams in the offense that put up 51 in the Big Apple. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Chuda Newby. Plenty of reaction, plenty of questions, concerns out of this one, Perkins. But you walked right in here into the studio, <laughs> led off with, I haven't been mad at a game like this since... Since the Cincinnati game in 15, which I thought was a perfect uh, opener. Boy, that was tough to watch. That was really, really tough to process in real time as a fan. I mean, I was getting really frustrated. I know you were too. Oh, it was it was peak Seahawks. Like everything that makes you mad about like the Seahawks. Like, you know, every game, there's always a few things, even in a win where you're like, this is so irritating. It was a culmination of all of those irritations in one go. The defense giving up an explosive play late. You had uh, obviously the the offensive line have penalty after penalty after penalty, and, and honestly, not great protection, right? No, and, and no run game, no and, run and then game. turnovers, no run game. Oh. Special teams missed was, field goals. Special team was bad. Not only the missed field oh. goals, but like a penalty on every, like Tyler Lockett just needs to call a fair catch regardless of the punt. Yeah, because it's there's always a GD penalty. I don't want to see the laundry on the field. Taking yeah. the ball out of the end zone eight yards deep and ending up at the eighteen yard line, just like. All of the little things that just kind of always twinge in the back of your brain all happened simultaneously, which culminated in a loss to a sub-500 team, missing like four starters on their offensive line. Going into your place and winning. It's just, I mean, it's incredible when you think about all those things. Brutal. It's just brutal. It really is. It's brutal. And you talked uh, on Friday, where is the adversity going to come for this team? And I saw you tweeted out, uh... Uh, yesterday came a bit uh, earlier than we thought. Yes, tis the season. Unbelievable. A good thing or bad thing that it's Thursday night football this week. I think. Okay, so here's the thing. It's got to be good. I think it's a good thing because you have to have the short memory, right? And you just move on. And you're going up against a well, a bad team that ran their 30 year old running back 27 times on Sunday. No, 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 no. 37 times. Sorry, 37 times. <laughs> 37. Well, you know, math's never... I'm in radio for a reason. It's incredible. 37 times. So, at the very least, you have a game you should win, right? In theory? Yep. Hopefully? You think. So, I think it's a good thing, but at the same time, is that enough time to try out a kicker? What has the team decided on Blair Walsh? Do you have to make a decision quickly? So, he was 12 of 13 before the game. Yeah. And then every one of the misses, the first miss was... Wide left from the start. Way the sec- wide. Like, not close. Second one started drifting, 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 gone. Third one was his longest one, and that was close and then gone. I don't know if you cut him. I don't. Here's the thing. You make the move now, setting yourself up for the playoffs, right? Like, whoever you, you ride with now is the kicker that's hopefully going to ride with you the rest of the way. Is Blair Walsh the guy that you want to see lining up field goals in the postseason? Who's out there that's better? I know, but every but Carpenter. It, it, we're not like, talking quarterbacks. We're like, there's a ton of kickers that don't have jobs that we're not thinking about right now. Do you Aguayo? know what I mean? Is he still? <laughs> is he still? We ain't touching agent? that guy. <laughs> Bung my word, we ain't the, touching the problem, that guy. I mean, kicking game is so mental, right? Like, look what Stephen Hauschka, the fresh start, has done for him. Yeah, I mean, in Buffalo, right? He's played really well this year, and last year 
he only missed, I think, three field goals all season last year, but they were like bad misses. Like, obviously, the one that comes to mind is the Arizona game, but they were they were like really bad misses, the ones that he did miss. It wasn't like week two, second quarter, missed a 55-yard attempt. It was right. like overtime, you yeah, know. It's, like <laughs> Arizona like, game is a good one. On yeah. the road. See, you know, home field on the line. So... I think that you have to give Walsh one more chance, but I will tell you when he lined up for the fifty-one yarder, it was fifty-one yards, right? I was like, no, no, there's no, no. chance in hell. That's he wasn't man. making it, and yeah. you saw it was interesting. This is how bad the Seahawks game went. That at half there was a piglet race on the field, and your kicker is like practicing field goals in the middle of a piglet race. Piglet race. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's in charge of halftime <laughs> ceremonies there? I think. I think, Judah, you keep him this week. I think so. It's a short week. It's a short week. And what if he? Re- what if he's four for four next week? Yeah. If he struggles again this week, and we've seen he kickers down there struggle before for Seattle. Yeah. You know, he, he really can't miss. He can't miss a point after. Yeah. If they get one. <laughs> he can't miss a, you know, he can't miss yeah. a uh, He's got to be on point. Got to be on point. Yep. Um. So, rushing game. Now, you come in here, Perkins, you're like, oh, they got to stop running the football. Running the football. Okay, I get it. So, if you take out the Russell Wilson carries, which he had 10, they only ran the ball 18 times. Yeah. And, you know, McKissick, four yards a carry. Rawls, 4.3 yards a carry. Sure. Didn't suck. And it wasn't too much. But it sucked when it mattered. That was well, the it problem. It always sucks when it matters. That that was the problem. <laughs> And and here's the you have to run the football right like a team is, is not going to you have can't zero throw the ball every yeah, play zero rush attempts, but I do think that there's something to be said about Seattle's lack of awareness when it comes to running the ball. And I know here's the here's the other problem with this game though the weather was bad. We know that Russell is not good in adverse weather situations. Like if he played in like the a dome at home for his career, he probably wouldn't have a loss to this day because he is. In rain, in wind, all these things. Like he is particularly going to be tough on any quarterback, but it is. But it seems seem harder to, on him, yeah, right, than a lot. The big hands can only take you so far, apparently. Uh, uh, clearly, in bad weather. <laughs> and you saw it again yesterday. Uh, deep balls being underthrown considerably. Sure, um, he was two for thirteen on deep balls yesterday. So, with that being said, there were situations early to mid of the game where there was second and one, and they run the football. Those are the times you take deep shots, right? Like in those situations and or you do play action and you you try to, you know, catch the defense off guard. And I felt like there was a lack of awareness. The third and one where Rawls actually had a pretty good run by the way. He bounces it to the outside and almost gets there, but a great tackle by Norman, I think it was Norman. That's one going to be one of the images I remember from the game was that Norman Rawls tackle. Incredible tackle because Norman was getting stiff armed. It was. And he just like he put grabbed his whole him body by like, on the him. front of his jersey mm-hmm. and just ripped him down. It was kind, really It looked pretty violent to be honest with you, but I thought that, it was a that, face mask. That's the definition <laughs> of you have to do what you have to do to get a guy down and Norman did that. He did and and Rawls though to his credit like that that run I believe was designed to go inside yeah and he had to bounce it out because blocking was yes yeah as it was all game and so I don't even blame Rawls right for that effort like that was an incredible effort on his part to even come up a half a yard short like he did but I just I feel like Seattle is struggling and this is because you have a guy and a coaching staff that has had a philosophy that has gotten you to two Super Bowls and has gotten you to the divisional round, you know, what, 
since 2011. See, I don't, every year I don't but think one. that had as big an effect in this game. I just don't. Yeah, well, I, once again, 18, 18 design rushes to running backs and a pretty good yards per carry clip. But I mean, early in the game, but, I mean, it, the, it did the, them the, in. No, it did not. It, it's not the reason they lost. It's not the reason they lost. But once again, you look at teams that are so creative with their play calling, and Seattle is so vanilla and boring. They're so just, it's the same thing over and over but again. Specifically it's to the, but specifically to the run game, there are, I don't deny your overall point, but there are better examples than this game. But to, Seattle was stubborn early in that game. They were stubborn, and they they wanted to they, win they the clearly, way that they wanted to they, win. Yeah, that they did. They they clearly wanted to run the football, and that still that is going against what you and I both believe overall, which is your identity should be fifty five forty five or sixty forty pass, and that should be what you're enforcing in the first half. Yeah, not well, running the football. And let me let me ask you this: You look at where the money is invested offensively. Russell Wilson making eighteen million dollars this year. Jimmy Graham making $10 million. By the way, catch a ball in the end zone, buddy. Um, on a two-point conversion. Um, <laughs> Talk to a guy that had uh, <laughs> three touchdowns in two games. and yeah. But, yeah, he did drop the two-point two conversion. conversion. Um, Which wouldn't have mattered anyway, but, yeah. In the was, end, point was moved, but still. I, I, you could see that play developing. I was like, Jimmy! <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped it. Uh, Baldwin's making, what, $8 million, 8 or $9 million. The money is invested in the passing game. That's where the money's invested right now. Yeah, it's you not have, in the O-line, not in the running backs. You have a quarterback that is top five in the NFL. Use him. That's a good point. I mean, that's it's, it's the same thing we, we've been trying to say. And when you run the football, look at what Russ did. Average, what, seven yards a carry, almost eight yards a carry yeah, in that game? It's I don't really read know option, where to go with that. Allow him to open up the run game with his legs. I they, mean, tr- they tried the read option a couple of times, and Washington had it just ridiculously covered up. Bringing in an extra lineman... That worked. That, that the brush runs of the day were with the extra lineman package. But my point being is like that's not what your identity should be. Like, like as much as I I, I love the broadcasting crew in that game, like calling uh, Eddie Lacy the hammer. Like they want him to be the hammer. <laughs> like what does work. that mean? Like so here here's how what should you know <clears throat> take Seahawks personnel. What's an offense in the NFL that you would the C- want the Seahawks to look like? Well, it's hard to say Green Bay because it's that's the Aaron Rodgers offense. Hard to say New England because that's the Tom Brady offense. But I'm talking about just like overall style and and, and aesthetics. Houston, Houston to me, Houston <laughs> before like obviously before Tom Savage. The the Houston. Watson offense was like Ooh. it was so creative, and they used his legs, and they you know the run game really complements the pass game, even with him as a rookie. It feels like, and yep. they use the danger just like Seattle used to do. They use the danger of Deshaun Watson's mobility to complement their running backs. Now, Seattle's personnel, receiving personnel is different, right? Like then... Yeah, you don't have a nuke. No, you but, don't have... But you still got talent. We talked about this last week. Talent. Talked about one of the best receiving cores Russell's had, if not the best. Yeah, and you have size in Jimmy Graham, who's been playing well. I know he had the drop again in the end yeah, zone. Yeah, he's been playing well. But know? he has been playing well the last few weeks. So I think that's, I guess, you, you just watch Houston play, and there's so much creativity and, like, you know... It, a lot of times, even a pass play is basically like, a run play. It's like you're dating, you know, she's she's a cute girl. She's a really cute girl, you know. But then some smoking hot, you know, girl walks in, and you're like, oh, that's what smoking hot looks like. That's right. And maybe your relationship with a cute girl has gone stale over time because it's predictable. 
That's what the Bevel offense is like <laughs> to any like really great offense that walks right in the door, especially the Houston game last week. It just you, it's getting a little too stale and a little too predictable. Yeah. Now there's been times where they've been able to break mold and bust out for forty point games. You like know? literally seven days ago or eight days ago. Right. But that wasn't as much different play calling. It's just yeah. great execution. Yeah. To be fair, Washington's secondary is one of the best in football, and they played like it, man. I mean, they did. They, they played well. Swearinger's interception, he knew that play was coming. Um, Fuller's interception, he knew that play was coming too. And part of the reason they knew is because it was on film from Super Bowl 49. Okay, can we talk about how triggered I was <clears throat> during two parts of this game? Sure. The first interception of the game was very reminiscent of Super Bowl 49, from yeah. not from the play calling, but from the way the interception happened, right. where the cornerback just rips through the receiver to get the football and yeah. knocks Doug Baldwin on his ass it's the a, exact same way. It's an amazing play. That... Malcolm Butler did to Ricardo Lockett. Right. Like, the exact same. Not the same play call, but the way that the interception happened, you're just like, oh, my God. Then you're like, okay, well, that's done now. Then they go for two. And, yeah, the defense was different, but the play call was, like, the exact same with the exact same result. It was incredible. That almost resulted in freaking two points. Which I loved that run back. I... You know, obviously against my rooting interest, but I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" Like, well, I love the I love the wherewithal to to ladder like because what's the worst that happens? I guess Seattle picks it up and returns it, which would be hilarious. That would be great. But I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You're on your you're on Seattle's twenty yard line. You might as well just throw it backwards and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should do away with the uh, the inside slant. Maybe on the two yard line, use his legs. Yeah. This I'm was, not saying run the football, just use his legs. This was Russell Wilson's not a very good game for Russell in this game. No. Now, the final stats say 24-45 for 297, six and a half yards in attempt, two touchdowns. The two picks were bad. I mean, not, not including the Swearinger one, but the Will Compton one, he just didn't see him. Will Compton everywhere on the field. Zach Brown everywhere on the field. Really, it was a Zach Brown band. It was. Game. Incredible. To your point about deep throws, Russell Wilson normally a very capable deep ball thrower. I got this from uh, Louis Benjamin, Pro Football Focus. Russell Wilson attempted 13 deep throws, qualified as 20 or 20 or more yards down the field. He completed two of them, but mm-hmm. the 13 deep ball attempts, most of any quarterback in any game this season. And normally, because I was thinking about it, I was like, well, maybe Seattle's offense is just best when it's taking some yards when it can get them, but maybe not doing consistent, sustained drives, but hitting on the deep ball, like, every so often to open things up. He was inaccurate on deep balls, though, in this one. And he's normally a very, very good deep ball passer. Two of 13 on deep balls. That's just not going to get it done. There were a couple scenarios in particular, one where Doug Baldwin was open um, that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. If he would have, I mean... It was, what, I mean, he ultimately hit him on a 30-yarder He did for the touchdown. but Which we all knew was going to happen, by the way. We all knew Seattle was going to go down and at the very least have a field goal. We've seen it a lot before. Well, maybe a field goal. <laughs> well, that's why I was glad they scored. Yeah. But they scored too early. But, I mean, now that you look at it in hindsight, they scored too early. With the way the defense had played, like, I was like, oh, crap, 90 seconds is a long time. But they need a touchdown. So I was like, you know, I feel st- I still feel pretty good about the game. The defense has played really well, you know. But, anyway, back to Wilson. Like, there were there was a play to Baldwin that was underthrown that would have been probably a touchdown. And then a play, I think it was Lockett, that was also underthrown. Tried to go deep for Lockett a lot this game. Yeah, Didn't one work. that was almost picked, yeah. by the way, into triple coverage. Mm-hmm. So, look, not his best effort from a performance standpoint. But still, like, 
midway through the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter, Seattle had outgained Washington three to one almost in yards. Yeah. And had two points to show for it or however many points they had at that time. I mean, it's just crazy. Still got them in total yardage, 437 to 244. 5.8 yards and per play. And 75 of those yards came on the final drive for Washington. Right. I mean, they, in terms of yardage, they dominated. But not in terms of penalty yardage. 16 penalties in this game for the Seahawks. 138 yards. Nine in the first half. That's what lost them the game. The interceptions and the penalties lost them this football game. You know, Seattle everywhere else they played good enough to win. Seattle's always been a penalized team. And the field team. goals. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that too. Seattle's always been a penalized team, right? Like yeah. they were the most penalized team in the NFL when they won, on, when, when they, they won, won the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, but and the year after that, they are on pace this year. I saw Bob Condota tweet to have the most penalty yardage since the 2011 Rams. So this is still an unprecedented amount of penalties. Like being the most penalized team in the NFL, you can probably deal with and get around. But we're talking about the most penalty yardage they're on pace for in six years. <laughs> like, that's not great. Like, that's not – that's beyond what we are used to seeing. And once again, you saw early in that game, speaking of drive killers, uh, running the football, right, not an issue if you have holding every freaking possession. Oh. The first play of the game is in offsides. <laughs> and then you have a holding that – Wipes out a first down, right, on the following drive for Seattle. On uh, Was that Ibushi on that one? Yeah. OJ. And, man, the offensive line. Dwayne Brown is going to be a good pickup, and he, you know, he played fine. I mean, it's his second game of the season, and it's his first in Seattle. So you would expect some hiccups, right, a little bit of rust still. But I think what this proves is it was a good trade, and I'm glad Seattle did it, and I think we all are. But in the end, you're still only as strong as your weakest link on the offensive line. And – I don't know about you, but Britt didn't play great, and maybe he's still bothered with the ankle. Posick was not good at all. Um, and on that final sack that really lost, I mean, gave Seattle no opportunity to to even have a field goal kick <laughs> to miss. Posick got uh, rolled over. Blown up. Just, I mean, just blown up on that play. Gosh, I would have loved to see what that play would have been like. And, I, I felt like Washington was on their heels. I still was like, I was yelling at the TV, spike, 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 spike. But I know the thought process there can't often be, hey, they're on their heels. Let's go get them. It's tough because the previous week they didn't spike and it was a Jimmy Graham touchdown. Yeah. But different scenario, right? They were on the 15-yard line then. They were on the maybe or the 20-yard line. You know, you're on the 40. Maybe you give your your offense a chance to reset when all you need is a field goal at that time. I get it, though. It's easy to say in hindsight. Right, right. You know. But ultimately, hey, good rush by their guy in Posick. Yeah, if Posick you know, doesn't get completely blocks. embarrassed and worked on that play, at worst, it's a throwaway. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Which uh, looked like that was what he was ultimately going to try to do anyway. But, yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. Hail Mary was actually a good throw. It was. Um, I thought Graham was going to catch it <laughs> off of uh, the guy's body. Yeah. It was Graham and McAvoy. I I went back this morning and watched that replay. Graham and McAvoy were the first to get their hands on it, and D'Angelo Hall is the only Redskin to touch the football of the five Redskins that were there. Yeah. And he made the play. Yep. I mean, he he was behind Graham and McAvoy, and yet he had he had more contact with the football than than both of them. Great play by D'Angelo Hall. I mean, it's Once not again, off. by the secondary, right? Yeah, and they had the great game. I mean, Breland showed up. Norman played really well. The linebackers for Washington played well, and they were in the backfield on every pass rush. I mean, they that defense was just—they were awesome. Yeah. And so props to them. I'm just not used to seeing a, 
a Redskin three and four team come in there and be the better team? Like that's that doesn't sit right, you know. That's, and they were the better team. They were. Kirk Cousins, by the way, props up twenty one of thirty one. He has the fumble, but he was getting licked. And there were a couple of throws that he made when he was getting popped that were on the money. Yeah. One over the middle to Vernon Davis was just like, he. it was a blind throw, and he got smacked. And it was perfect. I was like, I didn't know. He was spinning What's it. What's happening? Yeah. Um, And then the deep ball to Doxon was perfect. You know, I don't know why Seattle's playing bump and run there. I know that's their defense. But you got to have some type of safety help over the top on any type of deep ball, and it just wasn't there. You were, I, I got to say that was kind of the the first time that game where I like legit noticed Earl Thomas not being there. Yeah, like I was. I mean, I'm sure they would have played better anyway. Earl Thomas is like you know all pro, playing all pro this year, so you would have seen a difference. But that was the first play where like visually you just go, oh, like Earl, like Earl, you would hope would be in position to make a play on that. Right. But also. Like you said, perfect throw, perfect catch, like diving catch. I mean, you ultimately, just I mean, look, if, 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 if you have a one receiver that's going to run from point A and say, hey, the ball's going to be here at point B, you just have to go get it. It's going to be three seconds. You know? Yeah. Sometimes the best offense beats a good defense, right? And that they did. Especially in to today's NFL. I don't There's a lot of people that are, you know, giving flack to the defense. I thought they played. Pretty outstanding most of the game. The um, defense played really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously they gave up the touchdown, but I mean, I don't know what more you want. Like they allowed a net of 15 points. I mean, if we're, you know, if we're looking at it, you know, Bobby Wagner's safety, Bobby Wagner, out of this world good in that game. I mean, he was all over the field. He's the best inside linebacker in the NFL this year. They dropped an interception on the opening drive. I don't know how Cam dropped that. I mean, it was like he was trying to set it into the air. Cam lit up Vernon Davis again. Caught it. Yeah, Vernon Davis caught it, but like. Vernon Davis had a good game. He did, but him and Cam had their usual usual meeting. Uh But, man, I you know, there were two dropped interceptions in that game that you're just like, oh, you know, tough. tough, But All right, so Seattle moves on with a 17-14 loss. You won't be here. You're going on vacation. Let me say this, though, real quick, too, looking long-term. This is why this loss is such a kick in the nuts. First of all, you lose to Mr. You Like That and Dan Snyder, which just makes me want to just punch through a window. Mm -hmm. Of all owners to lose to, he's one of the worst. Yeah. He's such just a piece of garbage. Yeah. So that's, that's really difficult for me to, like, in my mind, deal with. But secondly... No room for error now. You know, you, you have a Thursday night game, a short week at Arizona. You have to beat Atlanta. Now the Falcons don't look great, so this looks like a very winnable game, but you have to beat Atlanta. I don't know what game is going to be a shoe and win anymore. I don't think there is one. If you lose at home to a sub-500 Washington team that got their asses handed to them by Dallas, who can you say is a shoe is a yeah. They don't play shoe-ins anymore. No. They don't. They, no. they To be honest, they haven't played well at home. Should have lost to the Niners. Oh, God, I forgot about that game. 12-9. Down at halftime to Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Barely beat Houston. Got this win. You beat the Rams on the road because you got five turnovers. You know. And because Cooper I can't Cup believe didn't I was, catch a football. And because Cooper Cup didn't catch it. Right, and I love Cooper Cup, but dang. That, how good is this team? 
I, I was don't so, know. I was so high on them, <laughs> like on Friday. On Friday, I was so high on them, and now I'm just like, how good are they? It's such a week to week league, though, Perkins. There's still a lot of season left, and it's like we're there's probably going to be a couple more losses along the way. But here's the thing: one seed probably out the door now. You're two games yep. behind Philly. Yep, you're done. They're- Philly does have Dallas twice, and you get to play Philly, so maybe. But that no. this, you don't lose because like Seattle's going to lose more games. Like it's yeah. not like Seattle's going to win ten straight here. Like they're still going to lose games. So this that's the problem, right? right. Is or, or not ten straight, but whatever eight, eight straight. straight. Math again. Zero for two on math today. It got you. But hey, zero for two. Seattle has to. I mean, they have to win on Thursday night. They have to beat the Falcons. I mean, at this point. I know this is crazy to say, but like if you look at like the top four or five teams in the NFC, Seattle's still in that conversation for sure. Yeah, I hope so, but, but but now the Rams are in that conversation too, and you're they, a game back of them. If they lose one of these next three games, you're worried if you're a fan that they might not make the playoffs. Yeah, like that's that's a legit concern. Yeah, you can't forget about the playoff race here because Dallas is five and three. These are non-division. If leaders. the season ended today, Seattle would be on the outside looking in. That's so bad to think about. Carolina's at six and three. The Dallas Cowboys are at five and three. And those two would be your wild card teams, depending on the Seahawks Cowboys tiebreak. And we're ultimately going to get one Christmas Eve. But uh, yeah, man, it's that's the tough thing, too, is you lose to an NFC team at home, a bad NFC team at home. And there's going to be a lot of like when you talk about common games at the end of the year. You know, if you're having to decide seedings between you and Dallas or you and Philly or you and any other team the Redskins played this year, you lost that tiebreak. Or the NFC overall record, it's just going to be bad. Well, it's a you, bad, bad loss. And nothing went Seattle's way when you when you talk about, like, other teams this weekend. So it's not yeah. like the Rams lost, Eagles lost. I mean, if Seattle loses to Arizona, won't they have a worse record than them? Arizona currently is 4-4, four and four, I want to say. Yeah. So they would they would be third in the West if they lost Thursday. Yep. I don't think they're going to. I don't think you would, you do either, well, but you never know. But I mean, I guess I'm just I want to emphasize how important the next three games in particular are to just the playoff hunt, right? Because if they lose one of those three, how do you get through December unscathed? Yeah, unless something crazy happens. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Judah Newby. Very positive. Uh, I'll be back with a short podcast later this week, previewing the Arizona game. And Perkins, uh, have a good vacation. Oh, as you can tell, I'm already just very relaxed and ready for it. I'm excited. Don't find any glass windows. Uh, This is the Game Plan Podcast on 1029thegame.com.